Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people pursue and try and succumb to love. Jen, this is our first podcast together. How excited are you? I'm very excited. I'm very excited. And can I just say, you look hot in those pajamas. Oh, thank you so much. They were special delivered by a very special person whose name rhymes with uh, Senefer Janford. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're welcome. It is a late night here in the city. We are here to talk about love, about dating, specifically first dates here on our very first podcast. But I think what we need to do at the very beginning to provide some context, Jen, why do we even have a podcast in the first place? Well, I just think that why is dating such a lonely adventure? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we commiserate with our friends and our family and, and certainly bore our coworkers to death. But at the end of the day, it's just like us sitting at home alone with maybe too much wine, trying to figure out like, what am I doing? And, and, and how am I going to do this? So many of us are in the pursuit of finding love and in the process, really finding ourselves. That should be something that at least for an hour on a Friday night that you enjoy with the two of us. Here is the big question here then, Jen, and I'll answer this afterwards, but who is Jen? Yeah. And to be clear, I'm going to explain who Kyle is. Not, I'm not going to explain who you are after this. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've learned at 38 that I'm a commitment phobic person who continues to find herself in a series of long-term relationships uh, and tries to navigate them as, as best I can. If you're a jerk who wears a tie, chances are good I've dated you. If you believe that monogamy is a type of wood, I've probably tried to be in a very serious relationship with you. You know, despite heartache and and some really interesting choices, I still believe in that spark and that magic of love. And I still believe in all of those things that I probably shouldn't, like soulmates and passion and, and all those great things. And I think that despite myself, that just keeps me coming, coming back for more. So I am... Here's the other question. Who is Kyle? Right, right. Well, I think I've also discovered here is that my own biggest enemy is myself. You know, sometimes I quip that I'm unlovable just to like end the conversation and make things awkward with people. Being a bisexual man and being closeted for so many years without being able to express myself fully, there's this concept in LGBTQ plus spaces about having second puberty. When you are eventually able to come out and you're eventually able to live the life that you want, you basically have to catch up with where everybody else is. I did not have that opportunity in like high school or even university. I didn't come out until my late 20s. And so I feel a lot of times feeling like I am learning new things or I feel like I'm inexperienced and I get inside my head really quickly. But I think what is key to what you said is that you still believe in love and Mm -hmm. I do too. And I'm about to say something that may point to the reason why I haven't found someone yet because it's going to get super nerdy super quick. I was a huge, huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, growing up. That's not nerdy. Lots of people love that show. I'm going to bring up an episode, I believe, that happens in season three. Very compressed version. Alternate reality happens. It's like the dark side of the main town. Main characters have been killed off. And one of the characters, this librarian by the name of Giles, has the opportunity to have this amulet. He's going to smash it with a rock. And the demon that's been terrorizing everyone to, like, pursue this, like, dark timeline is like, 
why are you going to destroy this thing? How can you possibly think that the other reality is any better than what this reality is? And he takes a pause. He says, because it has to be. And then he smashes the amulet and everything goes back to the way it was. And I often think about that in terms of love and my pursuit of it, because I sometimes get the feeling like, well, maybe I don't deserve it or I'm never going to find it. And then I remember that episode is like, I have to keep pursuing it because it has to be better than what I'm currently in. I think you make a really good point about climax thinking, right? Mm -hmm. The belief that the way it is now is the best it can ever be. I think that for some people who are maybe a little bit discouraged or for, for me, I don't know if this is true for you, Kyle, you kind of just look at the time and think like, oh my goodness, where did the time go? Like I'm cresting into 40 and I don't even know how that happened. Honestly, right, right. I do, I'm just like, what was I doing? But for me, you have to really fight that climax thinking of being able to say like, there is something there and it has to be better than the current state that it is. And I think that that's really the pursuit of it. You know, I'm not giving up. You're not giving up. I don't think right. people listening tonight should should give up. But I also don't think you should face it alone. And I'm hoping that I can change from climax thinking to climaxing in reality. So that's that's where I'm going. <laughs> we'll see if that makes the cut. But just know that if that happens, it will not be on the podcast. This is not Correct, that kind yeah. of podcast. Not that kind but of it, podcast at it all. It is incidentally a podcast where where we are going to talk about these. We're going to talk about issues related to love and relationships and romance and all those great things that we really love to talk about. But we're completely unqualified. Thousand percent. We have no degrees after our names. I mean, I have an English degree, so I can tell you how love has changed over the years in English literature, but I cannot tell you why people fall in love and don't fall in love. Yeah. And I don't think my my degree in politics is going to help us at all. Although I will say that there are striking similarities between a political minefield and a romantic minefield. <laughs> Well, why don't we do this here then, Jen? I think it's maybe time to go into our very first topic here on this very first episode, this idea of first dates. So I would love you to tell me about a memorable first date. A memorable first date. Well, actually, yeah, you know what? We met in a coffee shop mm -hmm. and it was like one of those really, really, really hot August nights. We sat in this coffee shop and we talked and I think, I don't think we had instant chemistry, but I think we thought like, okay, you're not a serial killer. I'm not a serial killer at this point. That's a good pivot. And we talked until the coffee shop closed. I had gone to the coffee shop early and I was working. So I had my laptop with me and of course mm -hmm. I was just holding it. I didn't have it in a case or anything. And we walk out of the coffee shop and it's always that first date awkwardness around like, should this keep going or was this good? And you wait for like a formal invitation to a date. I mean, I'm a pretty proper girl, as you'll find out on this podcast. So it's not like I was going home with him. And we just kind of walked for probably only two or three minutes. And honestly, the skies opened up. And it started to just absolutely downpour. To this day, I don't think I've ever seen rain like that fall. You faced this instant question about what do you do? I'm holding a very expensive electronic and it's either together or it's apart. And he just said, you know, where are you parked? And we, we ran to my vehicle and it's just pouring and we get in the vehicle and it's just like a movie. The doors slam at the same time. We look over at each other. There's just steam because it was so hot and we're just looking at each other and you just kind of thought to yourself, oh man, that's a moment. I think we just stood sort of in that suspended animation of that moment. And I think that to me, in my mind, all these years later, 
that legitimately is the best first date I've ever had. I liked every choice that I made. How about you? Uh, well, of course, I always go into the negative when someone asks me <laughs> <laughs> to tell a story. This might also be a trend. So, I mean, the one that immediately comes to mind is uh, a date that I was set up on. This is me slowly kind of coming out. I had never, you know, gone on a date with a man before. The, the red flag should have been up because it's like, well, I was out partying at insert gay club that doesn't exist in Calgary anymore. And it's like, I saw this guy and I think you two should should meet. I think you, you would hit it off. Basically, it's because they met another person who liked guys and decided to like, oh, I know another person who likes guys. So let's put them together. Something that never happens to straight people, right? Like That's I right. met another straight person. You should try it out. You should try it out. She got his phone number, gave it to me. We start texting, got on the phone, talked a little bit. I felt that there was a bit of a connection. So we decided to go on this first date also to a coffee shop, you know, sat down, uh, finally met him. I thought we were having pretty good conversation. Stayed until that cafe closed. And it was kind of the same thing. Like, again, I was like, so inexperienced. Like, so what happens now? Like, what's the next move? Oh, that moment where it's like you you have to make a move. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, it's always the worst because I never want it to look like I'm trying to grope somebody. <laughs> so oh, I'm yeah, always like, totally. what? I don't know what the you know protocol is here uh anyways he leaned in first and i thought it was going to be like an actual kiss and said he like he actually kissed me on the cheek so he kissed me on the cheek uh we hugged for a bit and then we never talked ever again oh <gasps> no kyle no <laughs> so yeah like he totally ghosted me i texted a couple times and just like no response after that oh my god that's terrible that reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of sex in the city where <laughs> cynthia nixon's character miranda says Whenever that happens to me, I just like to pretend they died. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only coping mechanism I have. Luckily for me, that is actually what happened to him. He did. Oh, no, I have no idea. No, Kyle. <laughs> like that had to be a terrible feeling. Yeah. I mean, and this is, <laughs> is going to make me sound like the biggest sad sack in the world. It kind of is a recurring thing that happens with me. Which is, I again, get in my own head or like there's a bit of a rocky experience. And then it's like. All right, I, I'm just, it's not for me. And then I don't do anything for like three or four months until I try again. You've got to be real with people. You've got to say like, this is the state of the, even if it hurts the person, at least it's like you being impeccable with your word, mm -hmm, right? I just mm -hmm. think it reveals so much of the character of the person. I mean, I've certainly had to say it. I've certainly had to be like, this was really fun. And I think you're a great person, but I don't think we're the right match for each other. I, I hope you're feeling the same. I don't want to lead you on. I just think it's about, respect I, I it is know. respect and, and i think it is a part of that issue where people always try to save the other person's feelings but in so By doing hurting them more you hurt them more that's right because it's like i just want to know if it's a no then tell me no if it's a yes then give me the yes but don't do this like don't respond or like you know don't talk ever again it just feels awful because it's like so what did i do i just want to know what i did if you're a fan of the comedian amy schumer she actually talks about this quite a bit with her now husband, Chris, because he has um, a form of autism. He has Asperger's actually, and he doesn't have the cognitive ability to lie. And mm -hmm. so she said it is a truly liberating experience being in a relationship with him because she tells a story about saying like, hey, does this dress look stupid? And he's like, oh, well, it's too late to change now. 
And she's like, yeah, there it is. There's the truth. And she says, sometimes it hurts my feelings, but more than that, I'm liberated by the fact that we just have a different set. We right. just have a different set of values that we bring to our relationship. And that gives us a greater sense of stability. But I think on a first date, as you're getting to know that person, I mean, you've got to let them know. I feel this feels so parallel to anybody who's looking for a job right now, right? You have a great interview and they're like, oh, we loved meeting you. If you didn't like me, say in the interview, I can tell already that this is a red flag. That, that brings up a point that I think I'm going to start doing is bringing out like just a clipboard and being like, where do you see this in five years? Jesus, Kyle, that's happened to me. I've been on that date. I'm, no I went on way. a date. Uh, no, I'm serious. I went on a date with a guy. I was 20 years old and I went Jesus. on a date. Yeah. And he was a little bit, a little bit older. I think he was 25. And he was like, listen, I'm, I don't want to mess around. So like, where do you see yourself in four years? You know, what are your goals? Like, where are you with this and this and this? And it freaked me right out. But now I think about being on that date at 38 and how like, absolutely brilliant that would have been right because you would have mm -hmm. just gotten all of your moments sort of out up into the into the open but he had i think he had a sense of urgency too early right yeah maybe not on a first date but definitely you need to like at some point ask those questions that's for sure it felt so much like a job interview i was like get me out of here I would probably ask in return, it's like, yeah, what's the stock sharing package look like in this relationship? Yeah. Is, there is there good benefits in this? Is there just because it's dental I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah, really the exactly. dental. He probably would add an answer to that. But for me at 20, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I don't know what Thursday looks like. What do you mean? What does four years look like? I just eat this banana bread I bought at the cafe. <laughs> Yikes, exactly. I mean, that's what our first dates were like. But we do have a message that was left on our answering service that you yourself can also call into. We'll give you some yes. instructions here afterwards. But we're going to go to the phones. Uh, Dave left us a message. Or I should say more specifically that it's Dave and his wife, Helen, who left us a message. Maybe the first date. Is it X-Men? No. What is it? That wasn't a date. I know, it's weird. Yeah, well, so, so what happened is we met randomly online. Yeah. And then we were chatting on probably either ICQ or Messenger. You didn't like my taste of music. No. And so you said, I'm going to make you a mixtape, yes. which at the time is not outdated yet it's <laughs> still cool i had a tape okay sorry we need to break in, in because this really goes on for another 12 so, and a half minutes so <laughs> what i'm going to do luckily dave did leave his phone number so we're going to call him up now and just ask some questions about this okay dave we need to break this down just a little bit it seems like there's a little bit of a disagreement when this first date happened in the first place because it sounds like you were a bit of a mess back in your early years. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, wait, maybe wait, I'm projecting. Maybe I'm like, projecting. No, I'm not disagreeing with that. I just, I'm just reflecting that you're totally uh, throwing this in my face because you didn't tell me what we're going to talk about. I know. You could at least call me and say hello and introduce yourself. I mean, I know no. we have caller ID, but Jesus. Okay, well, so I am 22. And I have been uh, on a downward spiral and I'm currently living with a couple of friends in this apartment and uh, we're all not doing very well. I'll put it that way. Just not mm -hmm. to be too incriminating with the uh, living circumstances at the time. 
I'm not necessarily looking for a girlfriend or anything of that nature. I'm just like this guy who thinks he's really hip and cool and into this uh, new age of uh, digital electronic music. I'm on the internet. When I met Helen, it was on this messaging board uh, world. And so when I saw her picture, I thought she was really cute. She looked so bored. And I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome that she would have like this picture where she's very bored, you know, not like trying to primp and print. So I like naturally kind of attract to her as a character. And when we had this interchange uh, for me to teach her that her music's not cool, then that's the kind, you know, you know this more than anybody, Kyle. The best way to impress a woman is to go up to her and say, the music that you like sucks. They love that. Women love that. Well, here's something uh, to consider, Kyle is that it did work. This is the crazy part to me about that it actually did. Well, you know, I'm pretty charming. I think that the disagreement, if you want to put it that way, is that, you know, I just, I really liked her. And she, particularly when she was young, was much more aloof and Mm. kind of way too cool for school. And she's a very independent person. So she just kind of likes to do everything her way. So I think the disagreement is simply that you know, in her mind, you know, I'm just this weird guy that keeps asking her to, yeah, go see a movie or go meet her to do this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. Um, and in my world, I'm going through a big uh, flip. So I'm going from this destitute thing. I weighed 135 pounds at this point, Kyle. Like I was starving yeah. to death. Wait, what's, what's your height just for people to uh, visualize five, this? 5'9", let's say, 5'9". So uh, I'm on a tail end of uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> chemical consumption. So I crawl back to my parents. So when she meets me first, I'm this like, I'm wearing baggy pants that hide drugs in your waistband and fucking bucket hats and just like a piece of shit doesn't shower, tail end of this, that, and the other thing. Uh, You know, personality wise, I'm still a mess, but I'm a fundamentally different place. And I think that's one of the things that was happening uh, coincidentally, which Mm -hmm. is that the chances she was giving me was because I was trying to fix my shit up uh, separate and I wasn't relying on her to save me. And that just kind of... uh, Evolved is a bit slow term, but yeah, it's just built from there. And what I like to say is that I work to fix that on my own without having to rely on her to do that for me. And I think that was a little healthier than kind of like uh, finding someone who's going to try to play my hero. As it turns out, whatever her personality is like, she she ended up having to pick me up off the floor a lot more times than uh, I can count afterwards. But you know, that's that's just how it works, you know. All right. Thanks, Dave. Oh, that's it? You, that's so it. you call, you didn't even ask my name, now you just hang up. Let me tell you why you're single, Kyle. Let me. <laughs> All right, so here is the deal going forward. We do want to hear from you on a weekly basis. So every week, we are going to have a question of the week posted both to our website and to our socials, and we want you to look for that and then send this in your voice messages. So you can record your story and send it to us through our website at somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. And of course, you can check out us on Facebook or on Twitter at somebodydate. Names may be changed to protect the innocent. No way. No way. You share? I'm This pod, This podcast is called Not Somebody Date Sally and Mike. This is called Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. We have to be real. You have to be real. Come on. Come on. So can I just say, like, Dave is the luckiest son of a bitch. We probably, like, that's a miracle that that worked out that way. Like, that is an exception to the rule. Let's be so clear about how that would not replicate in any other universe other than this one. Makes me want to start taking drugs, actually, is what it makes me want to do. (laughs) Great. Great. Let's have that be in the premiere episode. Fantastic. Why can't you find a fan following when we advocate drug use? (laughs) 
we also have this other segment that I think you're all really going to enjoy. It's called the fishbowl. And this is where we have asked you to submit your questions and we've gone through them and they're all in the fishbowl here. We're going to pick out some questions and we're going to read them out and we're going to give you some very unqualified advice. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay. Let's pull out the (sighs) fishbowl. Kyle, your keys do not belong in the fishbowl. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Just questions. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Here we go. What questions are critical to ask on a first date? Oh boy. I mean, this feels like it's going back to that almost like job interview questions again. I do think it is important if your goal is not just to get laid, but to actually have a relationship that there does need to be some, you know, agreement on what the future holds. Meaning I probably would ask the question, like, are you interested in having kids? Uh, I know mean, that's a big question to what? ask. What? On a first date? <laughs> I think I really? would. No way. Yeah, yeah. Flash forward to like Jen, like that wily Coyote <laughs> cartoon. Like you just see the dust outline of me leaving. A whole shape in the wall next to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, my go-to questions, honestly, are just getting to know their personality a little bit. There's another podcast I host through my company. And the question I always love to ask is, what's the first thing you ever became obsessed with? Because it really opens up the conversation a lot. And it's really fascinating answers because sometimes it'll be like baseball cards. But then sometimes it's like, you know what? I really got interested in death at an early age. I'm like, tell me more about that because that is fascinating for you to let's get into this. I've never had the same answer twice. And so it and it I think tells a lot about the person like this is what I was like really valuing at a very young age. And then you can start to ask questions like, do you still do that? Are you still interested in this sort of thing? So that's my fun go to question. How about you? What do you like to ask on a first date? I have to admit, I'm getting really sloppy. But I think it's because I'm getting older and I'm getting just more like weathered by this is that it used to be like, you know, tell me the best book you've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that was it. Do you read? <laughs> that it also is a revealing thought on do you do you read like do you want to be a learner yeah i'll often because i have a political podcast and i live in the political space i'll ask like tell me about your politics and i really don't care what the answer is unless it's i, I don't know anything about politics and then i'm like oh that's probably not that's a probably a compatibility thing mm-hmm. but now i'm i'm getting so weathered and worn down that now it's just like hi i'm jen do you have an ex-wife and is she a problem <laughs> like, I just, I don't know what's How happening. How many exes do I need to be aware of? And do I need a restraining right. order now? Like, should I be going through that process? That's right. Have you, have you ever been or ever have a desire to go to federal prison? Like, have you ever been controlled by a bell system? Like, these are now my questions at this point. And I think that that's just the crux of being 38. Right. But for me, I, I do really, really want to know what gets you out of bed in the morning? Yeah. Like where, where are you passionate? I'm a very passionate person. I, I like dive into things with two feet. And I want to get a sense for other people's passion. And I'm also looking for to, to really have revealing things about people's values, right? I want to know like how you differentiate right and wrong and, and come to build a construct around your life. And I want to know that like right up front. Yeah, well, that's kind of the recurring thing I have found. And I've had people push back on me at this, like other friends I've talked to. I actually really dislike like the first two weeks of dating someone. And only because, and, uh, yeah, see, you're going to be the same person because I actually hate the getting to know the person 
thing. And that's like, okay, here's the story that I've told like three dozen times. And so I'm going to tell it again to you. And like feeling that out, it's like, I really just want to fast forward the first two weeks to be in the point like, okay, we understand each other. We have like inside jokes now. We can have like in depth, like serious conversations. Like that's what I want to jump to right away. I, I, I don't really want to do like the whole like getting to know you, quote unquote. If I could just do the first two weeks over and over and over mm. and over and over again, that would that would probably be the ideal scenario for me. It's it really does come from a, a like a fear of like getting too comfortable. I, I don't I don't know what it is. It's that it's that settling period where then you're like, oh, this is the part where we stop trying. Like, I love those first two weeks when everybody's wearing the good underwear. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like everybody's sitting up a little bit straighter. I'm actually showering each day. <laughs> I love the beginning when everybody puts their, their best foot forward and everybody's really trying hard. Like to me, that's the magic. That's the magic. I think totally. there's something here. I think I'm going to have to workshop this a little bit more. A movie pitch, which combines uh, Freaky Friday and Groundhog Day, where you were forced <laughs> to only spend like month nine and ten and i have to do week one and two over and over again and then we somehow have to you know meet back up and everything returns back to normal i'd watch that movie let's go to the next question which is what can you do to help increase the success of a first date i mean the quick answer is i don't know i've i don't know if i've ever had a successful first date necessarily (laughs) i mean i've had successive dates with with the same person but i always feel so nervous and so like out of my depth and like they just you, say something wait, dumb. You gotta know, you gotta know right now that someone who's had a really great first date with you is listening to this podcast and is like, Oh, I thought, I thought it was really good. What? I thought it was fine jerk. Yeah. Okay. Just, Maybe just putting that, that out there. That guy who actually died after we went on the first date. <laughs> I think like my advice that I've been trying to stick to, this sounds so defeatist now that I'm saying this out loud. I think you do have to temper expectations a little bit i think going into a date and being like this is the this is who i'm going to be spending the next 40 years of my life with like this is my soulmate like everything's gonna be great i think does set you up for a little bit of failure going and be like i am going to find out about a person learn about them have some cool drinks that i think has to be enough for the first date to work uh without giving too much expectations that you have to wade through. My first thought that came to my mind, obviously, is Spanx. Of course. Yeah, keep it together, ladies. Keep it all together. But if I'm not being flippant, I think you have to impress yourself. You have to put your best foot forward. You have to go in totally authentically yourself. And you have to resist the urge to like sell yourself. Mm. You just have to be authentic, authentically yourself. And you can't, you're absolutely right that you can't think about the next two steps. I think you just try to be in that moment and not be in the next moment. I was actually just talking to a really good friend about this the other day. I, I remember looking over at him and saying, are you in this moment? Or are you in the next moment? Or are you in the moment past? And I think that that's a really telling thing on a date is that you can't carry the baggage of being left at a coffee shop or, or you know, a really bad relationship that maybe started kind of with the same momentum. You really just have to go in and isolate the moment. I think that that's, that would be the advice that I would give as mm-hmm. a totally unsuccessful single person. Anyways, I have some Spanx here in my Amazon cart, so I'm just going <laughs> to click on buy purchase. and buy two. Okay. So my last question, and I'm, I should ask this first because it's, it's, it's the question that I hear again and again. On a first date, who pays? The person who asked and, and planned the date or you split it? I don't know if this makes me like an out of touch man, 
I personally am of the opinion that it should be the person who asked the other person on the date. So if you ask for the date and set it up, then you should be the one who pays. The only caveat to that is if there is for some reason the other person makes it very clear, no, we are splitting this or no, I prefer you not to pay for my meal or something like that. So do you think if you are going to split it, you should provide advance notice? Like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, let's go to dinner. We can go to this great place and split the bill. Like, do you get it up early into the planning part or do you wait until you're sitting in the restaurant and then the bill comes and they say to get all together? Like you know how they do oh, I must yeah, be yeah. Terrible. all together. And the person goes, no, we're going to split it. Yes. I think this is something that you do have to have up front. So sooner the better. I, I'm always a fan of setting expectations. This is what to expect. This is what we're doing. If you want to surprise and delight, I, supp- I suppose afterwards, that's up to you. But yes, definitely. I believe that you need to set those expectations early. I have to I have to really reveal that I was raised in a very traditional household. And so I can think of more than one occasion where my father, who was the sort of the guidepost, would say, you know, a man takes a woman on a date. Mm-hmm. Like he really, even though I was born in the 80s and dated in the 2000s, it was really like, no, a man takes a woman on a date and will then you know, take her on a date and in exchange, she will be polite and kind. And there is no trade-off. There is no trade-off for a paid dinner. Um, and that was kind of how he, right, 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 right. He, he, he came to bring it to me. And I remember thinking, and maybe this just reveals my absolute ignorance as a straight person, but it got me thinking, like, if I believe in, in a traditional gender norm on that issue, what do two men do or two women do? Like, how do they reconcile it? Can you speak to that? I don't know. I mean, normally they flip a coin at the beginning of the date and then <laughs> that's the person who wears the pants in the relationship. And that's no. <laughs> oh, God. Again, I think. Oh, thank you for making me feel very comfortable for asking you that question. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. That's kind of where I'm coming from as far as like the person who asks. Like, it has to be that way. I, I will say that in the majority of, you know, same sex relationships that I have either been a part of or observed. There is a lot of like splitting the bills like that's just kind of like the go to. I don't know. I, I like I said, maybe I'm just more of a traditionalist traditionalist than I give myself credit for. I still think if it is a date you are going on specifically, the person who asked should be the one who steps up and does that. Although I have been in a relationship where we would just go back and forth with it, too. So, yeah, yeah, no, I love the back and forth. I think the back and forth is the way to go. But that first date that sets the tone for who mm-hmm. goes first, I think is I think is really telling. I don't I don't know what it is. And I maybe I'm going to get a lot of hate mail about this. Please let me know. Like I fall into a traditional norm of like a a man asks a woman out on a date. Right. And you also I, though, believe that women shouldn't be able to vote. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's a weird thing that I've I'm I'm maybe hanging on to that too. That one too long. <laughs> right. And change their and pump their own gas. And it's right. like, what a mess. But, you know, for my part. Like I'm also doing the work. I don't order eight glasses of wine and the most expensive thing on the menu. Like I'm always mindful in those first few dates to order something meager. And, and then I think if you start volunteering, like, Hey, let's get a couple of appetizers and let's get a dessert. And like, you're footing the bill. Then if you become the leader of the meal, you're footing the bill circling back to what you were saying earlier. I do think it's the person who plans it that pays. And I do think if you want to split it, that information has to come up and high and early. I am just thinking, I have met your father in real life, and I would love to see him become unglued if you ever had a man come to your house and like just honk the horn expecting you to oh, come out. Oh, that's happened. That's <laughs> happened. 
that's happened. Yeah. No, my, my high school boyfriend, which I hope we talk about quite a bit because it was an adventure. He called or texted and is like, I'm out front. And I went out the door and my father was like, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. And that screen just shut right in front of me. And he was like, mm, we'll wait. We'll wait him out. Like, yeah, no, like, yeah, you, you know, you know, dad, he's not going to have that for his one and only daughter. Let's That's be right. clear. <laughs> like I'm well into my thirties and he's still like, uh, excuse me, there's rules of the road here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, good, goodness, goodness. Even in the land of maybe men shouldn't know where you live. Mm-hmm. It still remains a talking point. So that's the fishbowl. Those are my questions in the fishbowl. You can submit your questions in the in the fishbowl. You'll see the theme of the week when you go to our website. Somebody date Jen and Kyle. That's Jen double N. And look for the giant fishbowl. And you can submit your questions. And if you don't like the theme of the week, I don't care. Submit a question anyway, and we'll answer it at some point. The important thing is we want to hear from you, and we want to get your questions in that fishbowl. More questions, less keys. Right. Like yeah, say. yeah. One of those questions could be, it's like, it's amazing how podcast technology has grown in leaps and bounds. The fact that this was recorded in the 1950s and is being broadcast now <laughs> with our perspectives on relationships. Totally. Totally. I can't wait for the onslaught of what is wrong with you two. So the, the next thing I want to do, and this, I hope you guys like this as much as I do, is what I call the unqualified advice segments. I've been hunting down old columns about that people have called in for advice and our challenge will be to say like does it hold up right does it hold up in february of 2021 and i know i said i would look for old columns but i could not believe that that was published this year a woman wrote into brides magazine and asked should you kiss on a first date and the advice that she got was totally garbage <laughs> it was like legit garbage what, what, what did they say well, they were just, they just had like all this like criterion that had to be uh-huh. met. And it was like, it was just totally like. Here's the kissing rubric that we have laid out for you here. In exactly. Magazine. Like, <laughs> it, it, like you're not marking a thesis paper. Like you just, it's just like, and if you reach this threshold, then a kiss is warranted. As long Yikes. as the person has used three similes <laughs> in their discussion so far, then yes, you can move on to step three. Here is my question for you. Like, let's give some better, mm-hmm. albeit unqualified advice. Should you kiss on a first date? Ready? Actually, wait, stop. Okay. I'm going to go one, two, three, and then you're just going to give your answer. Just yes or no. Okay, okay. Because you're not going to give me some, it depends on the criteria. That's what this other advice columnist did, and it was garbage. Okay, ready? Uh Uh-huh. One, two, three. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I will say in that question, should is doing a lot of work. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, should you, I think, should be changed? Can you kiss on a first date? And like, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. I don't think it should be expected, but I will say the vast majority of first dates I've been on, I have kissed. Maybe that speaks more to me being a huge whore, but I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> just. <laughs> We're just talking about kissing, man. We're just I know, I know. Kissing. And some, um, and some heavy petting, but that's beside the point. <laughs> the column just said kissing. Okay, so if we just say just kissing. Just relax. Okay. If we say just kiss, relax. Here's the thing. I was never 100% clear growing up. You know, they always had the baseball metaphor of like first base, second base, etc. Like home mm-hmm. is pretty self-explanatory. Okay, I know what home plate is, but I don't really know what like first, second or third and don't even get me started on the shortstop because I have no idea how that works. <laughs> I just think in a 2021 context, in a year that I still believe the person who 
the person who asks the other person on a date should pay. Uh, I think that kissing is honestly maybe second base. Maybe. It probably is first. What? I think no. it's probably first base what? at this point. What is ki- kissing is first base. Okay. Kissing is first base. We're going to Google this now. I, I won't. I won't. Why? I won't. And I am like, I am like a ninja to get out of it. Like you've never seen years of yoga manifest themselves better than me wiggling out of that scenario. I just think it builds anticipation to the, to the next date where mm. I think you, you should, if the question is, should you kiss on a second date? I think you should. I think you just wait. You just wait. Because I just think also if you get ghosted, not to really bring up your trauma again, but if you get ghosted or if it isn't a fit for the other person, you know, you've given, you've given away that kiss and it's, gone right 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 it's just i I don't know i don't know maybe that just reveals just how prudish i am you know according to glamour.com from april 20th 2010 so very up to date here they (laughs) they consider first base kissing second base basically you know feeling each other out like above the hand stuff yeah hand stuff hand stuff uh third base is getting inside the pants um and then of course home base is what we all we all know it's sex stuff. That is my quick Google search that I just did there. If you have two willing parties, if you're feeling it, if you, you know, have to run away from a rainstorm and the car is steamy, you just you lean in and you and you, you go to town. We did not kiss on that first I, date. I know. That's why I bring it up. I yeah. In that in that steamy car, we we opted not to. And I think it made it all the more special than when we, than when we did. I don't know. You know me. Like I'm such a hopeless romantic. I'm a prag I'm the most pragmatic person you'll meet. But then I'm like, there's got the stripe of hopeless romantic. Why have something happen when you could make a memory later? Hmm. I don't know. I like that, though. I like that phrase. Yeah, I'll just reiterate. I don't think you should expect it, but I think that it's not a problem if you decide to do it. So, yeah. And just know that if you force it, that's that's a real problem. That's a real big problem. Big red flag. Well, you know, the night is getting long here jen uh i think it might be time after having these romantic conversations that some of us need to cool and off. a box of wine and a box of wine we need to cool off go to bed so we would definitely love to hear from you there's a bunch of different places that you can go and get in contact with us of course our website is there somebody date jen and kyle of course that's jen with two n's we are on twitter so hit us up there at somebody date and then over on facebook you can join the conversation there as well, which is at somebody date JK. Next week on this podcast, we are going to be discussing deal breakers, deal breakers of dates. So definitely flood our social streams with things that are deal breakers for you. What's a deal breaker for a podcast that you're listening to, Jen? Uh, I think it's a podcast that doesn't listen to its listeners. Hmm. Yeah, like Kyle said, we want to hear from you, right? Go to our website, uh, somebody date Jen and Kyle, Jen double N. Please send us your fishbowl questions. Answer the question of the week. We want to hear from you. You know, this is a place for all of us to be to be seekers together. And that only works when you when you help us out by, by sharing your story. What are your deal breakers? And we'll be back next Friday night for even more of Somebody Date Jen and Kyle.